0: I was born for his service He filled me with purpose Take your time Ticket while you worship, worship him. him I'm unplugged from the matrix Believe a vaccine I'm plugged into the matrix The Daily Perspective Welcome to the first episode of The Daily Perspective uh, This podcast was created to be a look into the world from a Christian perspective from But not just that Not from an overtly Christian perspective But from the eyes of a flawed man um, Me as an individual I am someone that Has a load of How do you put it? Intricacies to my personality I, I'm I'm a product of of my environment, I am a lover of Christ, I love being a Christian, I am devoted to my faith, I believe, but I am not square. I like to live life, I like to enjoy life, but I like to respect the boundaries of my faith. So I wanted to create a podcast that reflected that, that shared that vision, that um, allowed people to express their faith whilst being human, without losing that sense of humanity, uh, that not hiding their flaws. Embrace your flaws because one of the most important things about Christianity is that we are products of grace. We are not supposed to... The law... Christ came so that the, the law... So he would fulfill the law Therefore we don't have to try and fulfill the law And I still feel that a lot of Christians try to live in this little pocket Where they're trying to fulfill the law I want you to live freely In grace The way that Christ wanted you to So that's the essence of this podcast In this first episode We want to discuss um, This common phrase Of We are in the world But not of the world it's a phrase that i've heard since i was a child it's a phrase that's commonly thrown around by christians you go to to you'll hear it. i can guarantee that in one sermon in a year you will hear this phrase be used so what does it mean let's be, i want us to dive into it and um on this episode with me today i have Mr. Terence Johnson, or should I say, Dr. Terence Johnson? <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just saying that because I know you, you, yeah. you don't throw your title out there, but I, 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 I'm yeah. doing it because I know. <laughs> It's yeah,
1: I, I, yeah. yeah I, I usually don't do it, but yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> like like Dave said, I'm I'm Ed Johnson, not the chance to have you on the stage. It doesn't matter to me, um, but I am uh, co-owner of Our Progress uh, LLC, uh, where I um, I call myself a life escalator. So I help people uncover uh, their true gifts that leads them to their passion and their purpose. And like I said, we, I've been knowing David for, what, it's been about a year now? Almost? Yep, it's yes. been about, yes. Yes. about a year. <laughs> well, it's been about a year, and so one of the things that we both connected on was faith. And like our belief in God and spirituality, but also taking uh, God out of the church and yep. putting him into the real life and, and into the world. And I think that's where he really belongs. And I think we kind of, <laughs> Relegate really them to just Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So like I say I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it, and uh, I think a lot of what we talk about today is going to be an extension of this stuff that we talked about over the past couple months, and kind of expand and share with other people. But I'm, I'm just glad to be here. So, um, so yeah. Um,
0: Definitely. So I want to touch on something before we dive into things. But um, in your in your professional career. Mm-hmm. You deal with you well. We won't. You've mentioned about being a life excavator. Now mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's what you do now. But in your past, yeah.
1: mm-hmm. you
0: dealt with a lot of people from a therapeutic perspective. You ha- you helped Correct. people with a lot of that. Um, right. In that in that time, mm-hmm. how much did your faith play in the way that you approached therapy, and how much of your how many how many times did you come across people from a Christian background, from a church background, that were hiding behind, or were 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 they'd experienced trauma, but they weren't willing to embrace it because it didn't appear to be the Christian thing to do? You're, yeah. you're supposed to be this piece of steel as as mm-hmm. a christian you know apparently you're not supposed to feel you're not supposed to feel pain you're not supposed to but that goes against everything that the bible teaches in mm-hmm. my opinion so how, yeah. how often did you come across that sort of thing yeah so
1: for me like professionally you know we can't force our own beliefs on people but if they bring it to us or explore then we can we're free to explore it but as you were talking one one thing uh uh one of my former clients when I was doing uh, counseling in the university setting, came to mind. And I remember when he walked in and, uh, you know, a lot of, since I was like the only male therapist, I got most of the guys that were coming in and I remember he came in and he had tattoos all over and all that. I'm like, Oh, here you go. Like I already know what this <laughs> gonna be. I already know what he's gonna be about. He was fighting, he was doing this. And when I, when I tell you like, those series of sessions that i had with him and how he talked about god and his faith and all of that if i would have looked at him from a typical church setting it's like oh well, he doesn't belong in the church Yeah. but the conversation he had about his faith and just like what he wanted to do and how he was trying to grow and get better it i had to get my bias off of myself of what a mm. christian was supposed to look like Mm. And, and so say, he,
0: say,
1: say that again. Say that again. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what people don't realize too. Like when you're in the helping profession, a lot of the people that you help help you. But it helps yeah. you take your blinders off or what you think yeah. the real world is, or like people in the world what they're supposed to be like or what they experience. And so he taught me a lot about and like I said, he was, you know, I think maybe sophomore or something. So he's about maybe twenty. Uh, and I was, you know, older than he was, but it's just that level of faith that he had. I was like, I know people that I go to church with or that's older than me and they don't have that level of faith like he did. So um, I think it's the judgment that we a lot of times have towards people about how they look, or where they came from or how they talk. It, it, it gives us an opportunity to like miss a real connection with people and people mm. that really uh, share like God with us because they don't look like we think they should or they don't come in right. or they don't do things perfectly or they don't come to church like we do every Sunday. Right, right. And so we feel like because they're outside of that box that we feel like they should be, that they don't have anything to tell us or show us. And a lot of times yeah. they show us the exact things that we have a gap in our own walk with God because we're just trying to do right by church standards and not yeah. have that true relationship. So
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, whilst whilst you were talking, something um, something came to me, and it was um, God wants us to just be imperfectly perfect.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's that's that's just how I feel that He is so happy for us to be he is happy to accept us with our imperfections mm-hmm. because the the perfection that he sees from us sees in us is not our perfection it's the perfection of Christ because when he looks at us through that lens yeah. of grace it's not us that he sees it is his son that he sees he, it is the spirit of christ that he sees it is the love of christ that he sees it it's that grace that covers us that allows us to be looked at and viewed at perfectly so and that's why i you know the bible says come as you are Mm -hmm. and you you know it's it's something where again it's and we're going to dive into the topic real soon yeah yeah
1: um
0: as christians we've created this notion that you've got to be perfect before or this is the this is the perception that we give the world uh, the outside world looking into the church and and i hate unfortunately i hate to use that term of the outside world because at the end of mm-hmm. the day we shouldn't be separated and, and i'm ju- i'm really jumping into the topic already but, <laughs> yeah. um, um the outside world looking in sees this they don't feel like they could belong because they right. don't. They see a bunch of people that appear to be perfect mm-hmm. because we give off this persona that you must be perfect, and we give this persona that we have everything together, we have mm-hmm. our lives together, we we are thriving in in relationships and in marriage we are thriving mm-hmm. as parents we are thriving in, in our careers and money is good and there are no financial problems and there are no um emotional problems and society accepts this and, and it's if we call it what it is it's all a lie it's a facade mm-hmm. you know the reality is and um i was reading i was reading um something that Billy Graham wrote and when I, while I was reading that he, he said if your life is kind of without challenges and trials then you've got to question whether you are really living how Christ wants you to live because, you know, the, the Bible says that we will be persecuted like Christ was persecuted and that's where, that's kind of your oh my, my, the world is, is treating me so harshly the, the, everything around me is difficult because i'm trying to be like christ that mm-hmm. means i'm walking correct that means i'm walking how i'm supposed to be if mm-hmm. it's too smooth if everything is perfect you you might be doing something wrong
1: mhm you yeah. know so yeah so okay you you uh, i got a, a couple points
0: <laughs> <with you>. <laughs> <laughs> i'm
1: gonna go i'm gonna go back to what you said with imperfectly perfect so a lot of times we interchange those words to the wrong spot so like you were saying before we try and be perfect but really the imperfect part is how you know how we should see ourselves because if we were perfect we wouldn't need God so because we have those struggles and you know trials tribulations all these different things that we have in our day to day life that that creates a space for god but the perfect part is how god sees us and that goes back to like the grace part that you were talking about so yeah god sees us not as we see ourselves and so like when our mentors he said he said this a lot he says you know you know you are but you shall be so the you are is kind of like where we are how we see ourselves but the you shall be is kind of what God sees us is what we can be when we're fully. And so it's like, just because you are right now, don't get stuck on that part because He has another level of you that you shall be, and yeah. that's it. And so I think if people focus on that and not focus on what they don't do right, it's just knowing that anything is a lesson that is pushing me towards the, the person that I shall be. So even if I make a mistake or I don't do right, all that stuff is part of my preparation, my progression to what I shall
0: be. I, 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 I feel you. I feel you. Because that's um, the way you've broken that down is exactly how I feel people should view It's, it's that, it's that journey, isn't it? It's the start. Mm -hmm. You, you are on a road. This Christian walk is not a sprint. It's a mountain. Mm -hmm. And you, you're right at the beginning and who you are at the beginning of that. When you get on the start Mm -hmm. line, who you are at that point, is not going to be the same person that you are when you finish the race. Right. You know, you are going to be a completely different person. And God already sees who you are going to become. As you've said, he's, mm-hmm. he knows who you shall be. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not for you to see right now. Right. God just wants you to start that race. Mm-hmm. He wants you to start running and trust that he's going to, he's going to give you the endurance to finish the race. He's mm-hmm. going to give you the stamina to finish the race. He's going to help you get over that. The obstacles that, try to knock you off the, off the race
1: mm-hmm. so. but I think a, a, another piece of that though like even though he does have that for us we have a choice to choose that so we have free will yeah. too so, so even if we do have you know future blessings and future things ahead of us if we don't choose that and we can choose to go our own way then we'll miss the blessing that God has because we want to do it the way we want to do it, and not the way he wants
0: us. Mm. Yeah, and, and it's funny because we get mad at we get. <laughs> I say yeah. that again. I'm I'm laughing because I'm looking at myself here. Uh-huh. We get we get mad at God when mm-hmm. something doesn't go right or something doesn't go the way that we thought it should go, but. God has a, as you said, God has a blessing for us. And that mm-hmm. blessing is down that path to the left.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and when we get to the fork in the road, we look at the path to the left and we're like, I like, I like the path to the right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have that way. All the time. So we walk down the path to the right. The blessing is on the path to the left. We get hit with all kinds of drama and trauma on the path to the right. Mm-hmm. And then we're mad at God. Oh God, why didn't you protect me from this? Why didn't you? God is saying back like, you made a choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you had the option to go the way that I wanted you to go. Right. And, and when that option was presented to you, you didn't like how it looked. Because right. it did not look, it did not fit your perception of what y- the blessing should look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It looked completely different. It looked raggedy. It looked t- it looked tore up, and you you did not want to go down that path. You were like, well, right. it looks really nice down that way. I'm <laughs> right. going that way. Right. So, but but, but, but but the other
1: part to it is when you do take that right. You know the path to the right and the thing that's more comfortable for you. What you realize is it loops you right back to that same crossroad yep. in a future span of time. So you're gonna go right back to the same decision that you did make,
0: yeah. you did
1: make a month ago, five years ago, and he's like, "Man, I've been here before." <laughs> like, and he just looking you And
0: we still take the wrong path again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all right. So it's, you know, that's the thing I love about, about um, true Christianity and true faith. You know, we've talked about the difference between religion and relationship. Mm -hmm. And what we are talking about right here is relationship. Mm -hmm. We're talking about God is not going to force you to go down a path. You are in a relationship with him where you can have a conversation and he can give you the choices and you can make your choices and, If you make the wrong choices, that's your, you know, that's on you. But he's not going to be mad at you, but you're going to come back to that same spot and he's going to give you the same options again. And you have a choice to make that decision, the same decision again, or to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. But you can do that, loop however many times, but what you have to realize is that your time on this earth is limited. So you right. already have a, a certain number of times you can make the wrong decision and keep taking the wrong path and you may end up missing your destiny. You may end up missing your purpose. You may end up missing your blessing because you mm-hmm. are so focused on what looks great to the, what I'm, I'm going to use that word, what looks great to the world, right. That that worldly perception of mm-hmm. what looks good. You latch onto that, and you go down that path, so I'm going to bring it right back to the original to the, to 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 the topic. yeah, we are in this world, but not of this world. Now, mm-hmm. that is a phrase that I've heard as I said i for me personally, the first time I came to Christ, I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. I was at a Billy, Gra- Billy Graham convention, eyes streaming with tears because something inside me clicked something mm-hmm. inside me knew that there was a God and that he loved me beyond I could ever, what I could ever imagine mm-hmm. or ever believe years down the line I can't tell you how many times someone has, from Sunday school to my uh, youth groups in my teens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To sermons in my Early 20s In my 30s And even now as I'm venturing in my 40s mm-hmm.
1: I'm
0: he- I'm still hearing people Use that same phrase We are in this world But not of this world So I was like where did this phrase come from Let me dig in the mm-hmm. Bible Because I've, even I have said this phrase I have said right. this to, to younger people That I have discipled And um, mm-hmm. You know, to encourage them. Like, look, remember, we are, we're we in this world, but we're not of this world. And I'm mm-hmm. I sounding like a, like like a scene out of um, Three Hundred. Right. <laughs> <Sparta. laughs> this is Sparta. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I was I'm there trying to encourage them and trying to yeah. get them fired up, and I'm giving them the same rhetoric that I've heard throughout my Christian life and um, I'd never really questioned it I'd never really looked into it to say well is that exactly what the the Bible says and I've done, um, you know, in the preparation for yeah. this and only thing I've done my research and I can, we can both categorically mm-hmm. say that the Bible mm-hmm. does, does not say that, it is not those exact words, what mm-hmm. people have done is they have taken some scripture and they have paraphrased and they've taken that scripture um, and they have come up with their own, I guess, their own phrase off the back of what the scripture says. What the mm-hmm. Bible actually says, uh, let me see, let me try and remind myself which one it is. I believe it's John seventeen sixteen, if mm-hmm. I'm remembering correctly. And Jesus says that um, they are not of this world just as I am not of this world. Mm-hmm. So people have taken that and they've just run with it and they've come up with this. I don't know who the first person to coin the phrase was, Mm -hmm. but that guy should have put it on a t-shirt because it has stood the test of time. Everyone uses the phrase, everyone throws it about and I get the sentiment behind it. But what, um, what we have to appreciate is that, um, you can't throw those kind of phrases out there without mm-hmm. context. Yeah. So wh- when was the first time you heard that phrase?
1: Oh, <laughs> it had to be somewhere like church or so. It had to be early on. Um. But like, like you know, my, my kind of journey is kind of similar to yours. I think I got baptized when I was 11, I think, or 12. It was vacation Bible school. I do remember that. <laughs> uh so it's a lot of church sayings that come you know from growing up in the church yeah uh, christianese yeah and then you grow up and you're like, <laughs> like okay let me find this christian like that's not that's not what they say <laughs> uh and so like you go you have to sometimes we have to unlearn some of those things that we yeah. and, and really apply context to it but as you were talking about that uh the scripture, John 17, 16, and kind of what I took from it and the whole of the world, you know, how you're saying, you know, I'm not of this world. It is really more of the spiritual part. And I think mm. that's a lot of, you know, when people you know, you the people say, like, oh, you in the world, like, oh, you out there in the world, you doing, you know. Uh, and basically it's a lot of that is the balance between the spirit and the flesh. And our flesh is always going to be in this world. Uh, and the spirit is not of this world. And so that, the spirit comes from from God. And I think going even going back to what you were saying before, anytime that we get pulled off from what God wants us to do, it's because we're listening more to what, the world around us has to say versus what god is saying so a lot of times we get lost because god is not our loudest voice in our head and Mm -hmm. when he's not the loudest voice in our head then we're subject to any and everything and so that's and you know even you know even to say like you know it's not good for man to be double-minded it's like that's how you can be double minded because you got your own thoughts and you listen to the thoughts of other people and all that and so it's yeah. you. but if God is directing you and he the loudest voice then of course you're going to be set apart because God's ways are not our way and so the way he wants you to move and maneuver through life is going to be totally different than what people want for you or even sometimes you want for yourself and Yeah, so that's the I think in the in the phrase, I think the phrase kind of came about to try and explain that in a way, but it's not laid out like that. Yeah. So people can understand. It's really it's really like spirit and flesh, and that's what it means: world, flesh, not of the world, spirit.
0: Yeah, and and that's that's an it's an interesting point that you raise because. There is a clear distinction You know um, Whenever I look At that scripture I, I understand That the first way We know the first thing we know about Jesus Christ is that mm-hmm. Jesus Christ Came from heaven
1: mm-hmm.
0: He He Existed in heaven You know mm-hmm. before He came to this world right. Very very different um, I want to say very different to to how we perceive ourselves, because mm-hmm. we we have no knowledge of our prior existence before this time on Earth. Uh, this mm-hmm. Earth is our first. This is where we. This is the only thing uh, existence we have knowledge of. Whereas right. Jesus Christ had knowledge of his existence before mm-hmm. before this world. He knew who he was in heaven. He knew who he was as the son of of God seated at the right hand of of God. He was one with the Father and the Spirit. So Mm -hmm. he knows when he he says, I am not of this world, he is speaking with confidence that I have a different home because I left my home to come to where you are Mm -hmm. to deal with some things here and then I'm going back to my home. But because I have adopted you into my family, Mm -hmm. this world that you currently reside in is not your home because your home is now with me. Mm -hmm. And because God is spirit, so we do have to make that separation that we are talking about our spiritual entities being at home with Christ. And there is also um when when the Holy Spirit descended on 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 the people in the New Testament, it talks about the Holy Spirit making its home in the people in in their hearts there so so the kingdom i don't, i don't I want to get this right I wanna get this <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to be one of these people that's making stuff up so yeah. But yeah, yeah. There is, you can say that the um, the kingdom of God can live within you, mm-hmm. meaning if when you accept the spirit, the Holy Spirit into you, the kingdom of God can live in you. That's still not to say that you don't, you will not be going to your spiritual home, but he can make his home. He can bring his kingdom into your heart, transforming you from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Actually, I believe that that is what Christians are supposed, when we become Christians, we are supposed to be transformed from the inside out. And yeah. just as you say, there were so many voices in our heads that are constantly battling. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like there's a massive mixing desk in our head. And right you got all these people trying to turn down the volumes on the other people's microphones mm-hmm. so that their voice is the loudest one that's heard. And that's mm-hmm. what it's, and that's what it's like living in this world because, um, there was something my mom used to say to me when I was a kid. She used to say, um, watch, be careful what you watch because the windows, your, your, your eyes are the windows to your right. soul. Mm-hmm. And, um, that is something that I, I truly appreciate because I never understood and, until I got older. As I watched, there is a reason why when you watch something disturbing, something dark, when you mm-hmm. watch some of these horror movies, you suddenly have nightmares. You suddenly mm-hmm. find that you the same things that you have watched have seeped into your mind and sown a seed to the point where in your time of rest in the time where you are supposed to be rejuvenated and refreshed and, and get getting peace, you are, mm-hmm. tr- you are troubled by these spirits that you have allowed into your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but spiritual right. principalities in high places. Everything in this world has a spirit behind it, mm-hmm. and to some people, 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 who, and non Christians, if there is, if there are non Christians listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. we, I, we are not trying to scare you or make sound overly spiritual. This is not about Ouija boards or anything like this. There right. is a clear, there is a clear distinction that this is a, the foundations of this world are spiritual. There mm-hmm. are There is the spirit of God and there are evil spirits. There are demonic spirits because Satan, who was an angel, was cast down from heaven and took his place as the ruler of this world. Mm -hmm. And he has his own spiritual army. There are demonic presences. People talk about ghosts and all these things, apparitions and all these things that they see. Because there is a spiritual layer that some people can tap into. Not everyone can do it, but there are people that can tap into it. It's a dangerous thing to play with, but Mm -hmm. there are people that can tap into it. And the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but spiritual principalities in high places. So everything that we see in the natural world around us has some level of spirit behind it. It's the same way when you see a crazed animal that is, you know, when someone has a dog and then this dog suddenly goes completely berserk and Mm -hmm. is tearing people up, biting every single person in the neighborhood, acting crazy. I saw a video of a dog like this, that they kicked it, they punched it, they hit it, they did whatever they could to try and get this dog to let go. And this thing was just not letting go. Its eyes were, it was completely crazy. Mm -hmm. There are spirits that can possess, that can do all sorts. There are people that have one day been perfectly fine. And then the next day they are completely out of their mind. Mm -hmm. There are spiritual forces at work behind a lot of things. I'm not saying that. And again, this is a disclaimer. We are not saying that all mental health issues are right. sp- are, are sp- spiritually led. It, that's not mm. what we are saying. Right, right, there, right, There are instances where that is true, but mm-hmm. that is not the case. But back to my, back to my original point, you know, what you allow in what's whatever spirits you allow to, Influence you, whether that is through what you watch, whether that is through what you listen to, whether mm-hmm. um, that is the sort of counsel that you seek from others, wh- whatever li- literature you choose to read, there are spiritual influences behind those things. And those are the things that get behind that mixing desk in your head and try to turn down the voice of God in your head. And turn up the voice that they want you to hear, yeah, and um, yeah. it's important for people to, to to realize that. So when I believe that when Jesus is talking about you are not of this world, it's uh, exactly what you are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, he's talking about spirit, not well, he's not talking about flesh. He's talking about mm-hmm. spirit here. Mm-hmm. We're, we, we're making so we've come to the we've come to that point that okay. We, I don't believe I've done research, I've searched for, for days try, trying to find out where that phrase originally came from. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to find the first person that ever spoke that phrase. Hey ho, yeah. I don't believe it was ever documented. But why would you wh- in your, just from your opinion mm-hmm. why do you believe that phrase has become synonymous with um, That has become Let, let me not say anonymous. Why has that become the life statement Of every Christian As soon as you start your Christian walk It's like it's, you are indoctrinated Into that You know that is a doctrine That is put into you Remember you are not of this world Remember it's constantly battered into you By numerous people Because it was battered into them so yeah. why, do you, why do you believe that it's become our life statement as Christians?
1: Because like we talked about earlier about the distinction. So like the two distinctions we talked about, it was you know spirit and flesh. But I think a lot of times in the context of like you're saying, you're saying that everything uh, in the world is bad and so it's like if you in the world so part of it is like a self hatred to your own flesh because it's like I'm in the world so I need to hate myself because myself is flesh and I'm dirty and whatever else and so it sets certain people's mind like well I'll never be good enough so then let me just do what I want to do and sometimes <clears> that carries over into the church too so then if people have made mistakes before then it's like where you in the world. So you can't come in here because you in flesh. And like I said, all of us are human. So all of us are flesh. And like I said, we battle between our flesh and spirit daily. And we some days are better than others. But like I said, God is the only one that can fully understand us and know us fully for where we are and where we can be. And a lot of times, People have been our judge and jury and say like, oh, well, you're not good enough to come in here. You wrong. You're never going to be right. And all that kind of stuff. So I think it, it the, the phrase magnified from having a quick way to accuse people that are not doing right. Right. And, and, and then it's kind of like, well, this is the standard and you keep missing the standard. So then you in the world you're not and and you're not of the spirit so then it's like people get cast aside and even even in the environment that we're in now there's so many people it's like like if jesus was around right now it's a lot of like church people ministers that be questioning what what jesus was doing because he would be be he'd be ministering to the people that are not getting ministered to like he'll be yeah. with the people that again cast out, or the immigrants, or all these different people that people don't want to deal with, or they want to cast them out and cast them aside. But that's who, you know, Jesus was going through that when he was he was on earth. Like they didn't they didn't know what he was doing because he went against. He didn't make church people feel comfortable. Yeah, and, and so it's the same thing today. It's like one thing one thing that bothers me uh and it always bothers me is like a lot of you get the prosperity gospel and all that kind of stuff It's like the whole time jesus was alive he never had a lot but he did his purpose but everybody feel like i gotta have this and i gotta have a mega church and i gotta have this car and the house and all that kind of stuff and god wants you to be
0: blessed but that's not how he operated. Like yeah, you, you, <laughs> you, 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 you touching on a, you're touching on the on right now. <laughs> like that's,
1: that's not that's not how he operated, and that's how a lot of, and like I said, we, each one of us have our points that we can default into different patterns or stuff that's not helpful. But it's like that's why people not attracted to the church. It's like well, if I wasn't paying my money, if I wasn't paying good ties, like, do you even know my name? Or, mm. you know, like, all this type of stuff because we've been conditioned to be good churchgoers.
0: And now So <laughs> so, 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 let, so, let me ask you a question. Do okay. you think that there is a possibility that when this phrase was initially coined, it was coined as a... Um, as a means to encourage Christians that were struggling with, you know, being new Christians, so let's take take for example, um, a a new Christian that that's suddenly that used to be a party animal, used to go out, hit the clubs mm-hmm. all the time. Um, a bit of a ladies man or uh or mm-hmm. what's the what's the female equivalent of a ladies man oh, no. so we don't we're, we're, we're not here to call no one on. <laughs> but you you um you you know that person comes into the church with a heart to become a new person but they are struggling because they are leaving this life that they, the only life they have ever known. So could it be that the phrase was initially coined as a means to encourage them to say, Hey, remember you're in this world, but you're not of this world. You are not, you know, don't, don't, don't grow attached to that old life because that's not your real life. Mm -hmm. Could it be that that was the original intention and, because of the lack of context, because of the lack of um, real discipleship behind the use of the phrase, it's become this safety blanket that we hide behind and use incorrectly. And we'll get on to why I think we use it incorrectly, but do you think that that's a possibility? I mean, it it could... uh
1: But as you were talking, what I was thinking about and what usually doesn't happen for new Christians is they get walked through the Bible of all the people that did wrong in the Bible and did like real crazy outrageous things, (laughs) killing people and all that (laughs) kind of stuff. And and like, we don't don't get that. And and usually does not preach to us. And so it's like I think for a lot of new Christians, if they knew the people in the Bible that had did stuff similar to what they're doing right now, they will feel better about like their past stuff. But a lot of times we just always go into God's gonna you know, we're gonna be better than God and then, you know, He gonna forgive us for our sins and all that kind of stuff. But the real bad stuff that we feel like guilt or whatever toward, we're not shown people in the Bible that experience those same things. Yeah. And I think and I think that gives us like a separation because a lot of times if you didn't grow up in the church Your first entry point is saying like i'm not them. I'm not like the people in church I'm far away from that and instead of having, having the entry point saying like These are people in the bible that did the same stuff you did with they, went, they did all this stuff and I still use them and I think That's the part that that gets glanced over to like God that's bothering all these different people That had all these different issues God still use them great. Most of the time the people that did the worst stuff He used them the best. best yeah. uh, and, and I think That's why Uh, When when people that Have a long past of things When they really get passionate about about God and they really get to work They have the most Effectiveness because they know where They came from And so yeah. it's like They went all out doing wrong. They're going to do all out doing right. And I I think, you know, I think we devalue people's testimony. Uh, Mm. And because we do that, a lot of people could be blessed by the mess that people have overcome and they don't get to share that in a way that they not, you know, it's not used against them or it's used to kind of make, them feel bad but it's it's pieces of our past that is meant to help other people like what we went through like any experience that we had is not for us like god used us to then use that struggle or event to help somebody else that's in that same situation
0: right I, i see i love what you just said there because that again that is something that has become sort of core to my faith that mm-hmm. um, I live my life as an open book. Everyone that, that, that knows me knows that I, for me, there is no, there is no question that I'm not willing to answer and, and, and mm-hmm. situation that I'm not willing to talk about because I believe and I appreciate that God has allowed me to survive certain experiences so that I can encourage someone else Mm who may be going through that same same experience. And if we don't share our testimonies of how we overcame, or even if we don't feel we overcame, how we survived, how we endured, and how we we may have crawled our way through that that period of our life, but Mm -hmm. hey, I'm still standing. It did not break me. It did not take away my faith. It did not pull me away from Christ. It did not make God love me any less. If we shared those testimonies, if we shared those things, we would, we would encourage people so much more. There were so many people that, um, I have seen leave the faith mm-hmm. because so, one thing about me, when I when I made music, when I was writing the albums, when I was still not tough out there putting my music out there, doing what I did in the gospel mm-hmm. scene, mm-hmm. my music was me speaking about the things that i have been through i put my life experiences because that's what i believed i was supposed to do i Mm -hmm. talked about my struggles with pornography i Mm -hmm. talked about my um struggles with my insecurity about my own identity in terms Mm -hmm. of not feeling accepted by people or feeling less than than Mm -hmm. worth anything i -hmm. talked about any and everything but then you would hear the same Another song which talked about how I understood how much God wants to use me and God doesn't see me the way that I see myself. So um, I had a song called, um, uh, which uh, uh, I can't even remember the name of the track right now. It's gone out of my Mm -hmm. head, but it was... it. For the longest time, I'd believed and I'd known that God wanted me to teach. Now, I misinterpreted that, believing that God wanted me to be a pastor. And I I did not want any parts of that.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: did not want to be a pastor. I, I, I even looked at going to seminary. I looked at all the different things, and I was like, look, God, this, this isn't me but i knew that i was supposed to teach so in 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 that song there was a line where i said um you know running down the road cuz i'm i'm called to be a pastor but i misinterpreted what what i believed my calling was at the time now you know 10 years 11 years later i'm still on that journey but i have a you know with conversations through mm-hmm. you know this this is not a sponsored post but <laughs> conversations with yourself and learning Mm -hmm. more about what you do with i progress Mm -hmm. i started to understand more about embracing my purpose and not having Mm -hmm. to do it in whatever the traditional way that i believed it had to be done god has given me my own unique way of fulfilling that purpose so i can teach in whatever way shape form he designed for me to teach hence the podcast hence Mm -hmm. the blog post hence the instagram post and all the things that i do to share my faith but in and amongst that i share my imperfections because from the outside looking in if you don't know me well enough and you see me posting something about um oh so for my married folks out there there is a day of the month. I believe it's some. I can't remember what date, what day, what month it is, and it's basically called No Panties Day. Mm. Now, I will post something and say, "Hey, No Panties Day," but I post it and I, I do it in a within the context of marriage, like, "Hey, but." Sp- there is nothing wrong with being spicy in your marriage. Mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong with, I'm not saying go out there and go and say to some random woman, Hey, it's (laughs) not right. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, take these little things, take these little moments and use them in a Christian, from a Christian perspective. We, we, a good example of, of this. Um, and, when we start to talk about the world and, and Christians Mm -hmm. in the world, Mm -hmm. there is nothing wrong with you being, and this is one that I believe, and we got, we guys, we're going to have, I don't know how many episodes about this (laughs) one, but Christian marriage is something that has been made so bland because Mm -hmm. everything sexual has been made to to look as though it is sinful lustful and dirty Mm -hmm. but god created man and woman god created sex god created it within the context of marriage god has the monopoly on it not the world god has the monopoly on it there but it the context, the, the the confinement of it is marriage. That is its true place. That is where mm-hmm. you will reap the most benefits of it, because there is no, um, there is no condemnation in it between a husband and wife that is one under God. There is no comparison to anything else, because you are not comparing yourself to other people. You, it's just something between the two of you, and between the two of you. There is freedom to explore, to, you know, to really dig deep into your physical relationship. Mm-hmm. But we've made it as Christians, something that is, we look at it as something dirty or something bad and something, you know, take these little things, take these little um, things that, that the world may have tried to create for their own pleasure and use them within, for your, for within your marriage to mm-hmm. keep the excitement going. I'm not saying do, do not go out there. So I am not encouraging you to go and, and bring a third party into your oh, yeah. marriage. Oh, yeah. that I would, there is a post, there was a blog post that I've read about the marriage bed being defiled. Yeah. That is an act that defiles the marriage bed. That is not what we are saying. But between yeah. husband and wife, Keep the, take the little joys, the little gems and bring some excitement back into, into your marriage. You're, you are not pieces of wood that do not, you know, that lack stimulus or, or encouragement or anything like that. You need stimulus in your relationship. You need to keep it exciting. You need to keep it fresh, but keep it within the context of marriage as God has always desired. Do not take it outside of that because that's when you start to mess with the world as, you know, if if we're keeping on topic. Mm -hmm. But, that you know, that's just one example of where we need to appreciate that being in the world and not of the world are. It's a valid statement. Don't get me wrong, but Mm -hmm. it needs we need to understand it. So if i was to take that concept of and i guess we're moving into the other the i'm kind of jumping ahead to my next question which was going to be you know why is it why is it so, our current interpretation of this why is it so dangerous well let me kick us off by saying that it is dangerous for us because we we take these things and we We create doctrines, we create ways of living that kind of force people down a very narrow mindset. And we do this trying to protect them, but what we're actually doing is making the road so narrow for them that it is so difficult for them to live that they just say, well, you know what, I'm just going to give up on this because this is damn near impossible for me to do. It's mm-hmm. just not possible. So when we take that, you know, I, I spoke, we spoke about a show that I watched, a uh, seven year switch. And there was mm-hmm. a Christian woman, there was a Christian woman on there. And, and, um, you know, she said, she, her husband was saying, well, she don't want us to go to the movies and she doesn't want me to listen to rap music. And, you know, I, I'm, I, I want to be a rapper. I like rap. You know, he he had these things that he wanted to do, but everything, she saw everything as not being godly. And that created such a divide in their relationship because in his eyes, now I'm not defending this dude because this dude was a bit, a bit off the reservation with some of his, some of the things that he was, he was doing. Um but what the point I'm trying to make is that when you are so rigid with what you believe, you do not you do not allow um you do not allow that space for you to actually truly live and enjoy life. Mm -hmm. The, The you can be in this world and you can live you can go to the movies but pick carefully what you go to watch you know don't don't go and watch that thing that's going to s- stir up a if if you know that there's some, there's a movie out there that's going to stir up lustful behavior in you that's going to make you want make you start to struggle with mm-hmm. that then don't go and watch that movie watch a different movie if you or someone that struggled with a drug addiction, you're not going to go and sit in a place where everyone around you is doing drugs. You're not going to watch a movie that is all about people doing drugs because it will trigger something in your mind that remembers what that experience was And it won't remind you of the bad times that came with that. It's going to remind you of the the highs that you got. It's going to remind you of what was seemingly pleasurable about that. Because let's keep it real. We never remember the pain or the trauma until it's too late. We're already back in the act that that caused the pain and the trauma before we realize, oh, snap, last time I did this, this was painful. So when we talk about being, where it becomes dangerous is sometimes we can, we separate ourselves so much that we have no life. We separate ourselves to the point where the people that we're supposed to be ministering to are so far removed from us that we cannot relate to them. We separate ourselves so much that we become this this alien body And we create a micro community That we do not invite anyone into Instead Mm -hmm. of being a light And a lighthouse in a community We become A small city With massive walls So that no one else can get in Yeah And we become Christians that only minister To other Christians Because Mm -hmm. we're not engaging with anyone else
1: Yeah So Right, I got a couple points.
0: All right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> a couple things I had put down while you were talking. So, was I'm going to backtrack and I'm going to bring it out of the way back up. So, one thing I was going to say earlier when you were talking about is for a, you know, you felt like you were supposed to teach and you thought that meant preach. Uh, and so, what I wrote down was, you know, the church is not the only pulpit. Mm. So, a lot of us, and especially like a lot of us, that we feel like called, and we feel that God is calling us towards something. A lot of times, we don't want to say like, "Hey, I feel like God called me," because they're like, "Oh, you called the pre? Oh, yeah, we've been waiting on you." And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I don't think it. But I feel like He wants me to spread a message to people, uh, and yeah. that's necessarily relegated in a pulpit setting. And so, like you were saying. The different avenues, whether it's like online or podcast or whatever, that's what he can use. But also, and when you were talking about as far as like what you take in, uh, what, what I what I thought about it was like what you see is what you get. So the stuff that you looking at is what you are gonna get back. Mm. And if you don't like what you've been getting, then you need to change what you've been looking at. And a lot of times, that's what gets our focus off. Because we see the shiny new thing, or this, or whatever. Like, ooh, let me. Ooh, and we get distracted so much. But if that's all you focus on, that's what you're gonna receive in return. And you know that's why it's okay. So just like context. So like I like to go walking, uh, and so I go like on nature trip So you know when you. When you kind of sometimes people walk, stand directly at the ground. So they looking at their feet and looking at their path. Yeah. other times people, you know, their eyesight is kind of like eye level. But then sometimes people kind of look farther up and the farther you look up, the more trust that you have that wherever you going, you on the path. And so if you trust the path, you don't have to see the path to know where you're going. Yeah. And a lot of times that's what happens with us. Because what we're looking at is so low or so beneath what we're supposed to be looking at It takes us so much longer to get what we're supposed to get to because you know Like when you're looking down and watching where you going it takes so much longer because you like I just gotta make sure like okay. I don't want to get out And so you just like you were saying a lot of people. That's the narrow part. It's like, okay I can't do this. I can't, I, okay. Okay. I, let me check. see Did I do this today? Did, did, I, did I read my Bible? like I? Okay, let me and so you just, yeah. you and you're just watching going back and forth, and he's like, man, I'm exhausted. But it's like, it's like, okay, in my relationship with God, and if my sight goes toward where he goes, wherever my feet go, he directing. So as long as I got my sight on him, yeah. my steps, he gonna order my steps. So I don't have to be worried about where I'm going. They're like God know where I'm going. He the GPS, so like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you want me to go, that's where I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, yeah, go. I hear you, I get that, I get that.
0: <laughs>
1: so and then the the other part when you're talking about with people, I think the other part that really gets people kind of disheartened is that they feel that wherever they are, that God can't use them. It's almost mm. like, they're like they trash. It's like i'm dirty i did this like god don't want me he, like he not really put me over here so i ain't, ain't no sense in even trying to get back on the path i i did too much but you know god can still use us and especially when new christians come in it's a lot for a new christian to do and i don't want to say do as far as tasks or responsibilities in the church because i think sometimes that gets people burned out too. Because they're so eager and they get into church work so much, but they burn themselves out. They do too much and get distracted from their relationship. So they go more into the work <laughs> instead of the relationship. And I think a lot of,
0: especially if you're eager to do, you get burned up and burned out. <laughs> from church. and, 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 churches, and churches are notorious for taking advantage of People that want
1: to work in the church, right, right, and and but the but the other piece you were talking about as far as like you and I can't remember the phrase. If I remember, it I would say it because it go with what you were saying. Pretty much like people, they so, uh heavenly that they well, I, it, it's something like I'm missing the phrase of, but it's something like this. Like they so heavenly that they're no earthly good or something like that, something like that. Mm. But it's basically, they tried do stuff so right that they don't have any effectiveness with real people. And that's kind of like yeah. what you were talking about before. It's like, yeah, you can you can have a strong relationship with God, but that doesn't mean that you you have to separate yourself from being a person or being a human. And people want to know that you're human before you start throwing scriptures out at them and telling them what they're not doing right and all that kind yeah. of stuff
0: what well, is that thing. Not what the pharisees did that's that's what yeah. the pharisees did they were legalistic yeah. and that's and to me that's where we're heading with this phrase we become so legalistic in the way that we think that yeah. we don't we kind of nullify grace in the whole we use a statement in a way that nullifies grace
1: yeah and what one thing i was thinking about with that too. And it's something that I, I've said before, like on one of our lives for our progress is that, um, and it's a different way of thinking about this. So it's like most people, you have people that are like, oh, I just tell it how it is. Like I just, you know, I'm just real, I'm just me. I just, you know, whatever I say, it just, that's what I'm gonna do. But, and especially like in the, in the setting that we're talking about too, have we earned the right to say what we want to say to other people? And a lot of time we haven't built up enough relationship with people to tell them something about their behavior, whatever like that. So, so like, if you just meet me for the first time, you can't tell me what to do. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I don't, I don't care what you say to me. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. But if you've invested time and you've had conversations with me and you really get to know who I am, if you then come to me like, hey, hey, you know what? You're you, you just doing too much today. Yeah. You know, yeah, I've, I've you got that.
0: to respect your opinion. Right. You, right. That, you know, you've got someone, that individual, you have to earn the respect of that individual before mm-hmm. you go and try and make opinions or give suggestions about how they're living Mm -hmm. and I think we forget that, we forget it's it's funny because at work, even as a Christian, I don't care how long you've been a Christian, you are not going to go to your boss and say to your boss um, oh, you doing that all wrong Mm -hmm. Um, and you need to do this, you you do you're doing too much in this in this at work, you're doing too much, you block. You wouldn't do that because you would get fired. Right. But when you go to work, you prove yourself, you prove that you are knowledgeable in what you do. You prove that you have you deserve respect when you speak on certain matters. Mm -hmm. And then when you've earned that respect of your boss and your colleagues, you can go, you have the authority to go out and make certain statements because people will actually say, actually, he knows what he or she knows what they're talking about. I'm going to listen to what they're saying. So Mm -hmm. if you know to apply that in a professional setting, why do you think that you could bypass that whole process in in a private personal setting? the same rules still apply they, human beings are human beings whether they're in the workplace or not whether they're in the church or not they still want to know that you are credible before you come and voice before they listen to any opinion that you are voicing
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, I had some words to vote so I can't
0: remember
1: <laughs> but, but like I said, I, I do think that the point you were making about marriage is important because I think um, especially like in the Christian space, you don't have you have the ultra religious type conversations, but a lot of times people relationships don't look like that. Or they, they don't. don't you know what I'm saying? So it's like people are like I, I hear that and I can see that, but that's not what I deal with when I go home uh, or when I have an issue or concern, it doesn't sound like that. It's not like, oh, well, you know, it's not all nice and, and christian and all that kind of stuff. It's uh-huh. like, we got stuff that and stuff yeah. like that. And it don't sound like what you're saying. Yeah. I, and I think that's what, I, I like the way you framed it as far as you can bring elements that help to strengthen the relationship. It doesn't have to look like the world does it, but then you don't have to be so uptight and so regimented into anything and you can't enjoy, you know, your spouse. And I think that that's something that a lot more people probably need to hear, uh, especially in the Christian space, because that's what, from a church perspective, that's what we've been it's been like taught to us. That, that's how we would help to emulate that thing. Yeah. Getting to is like that, that's not you no know, that's I, I don't that's not in the in my Bible. What y'all was saying that it's gonna go right there. Like, like you talking about, but I ain't found that one yet. So, uh, so I, I think I think that was and that's good. And I think you know that could be part of like you know the platform that got you know got for you nick just always using what you earn and giving it to people that's in those science situations
0: I want to oh, play for, oh for sure for sure i'm I, I, me me and uh, me and my wife have uh, we have some stuff planned so uh we we, we were even talked today we were even talking about names for that for, for what we wanted what we want to do but yeah what exactly what you're saying there is um So just from our experience, we were married. I was 23. She was 22 when we got Mm -hmm. married. And me growing up in the church, I came into marriage with this white picket fence. Ideal. Of marriage, that oh, mm-hmm. this is n- now that we're we're as Christians, we're and we're getting married. It's going to be just like this. It's going to be amazing. We're gonna, you know, the white picket fence in the house, and I'm gonna come home from work and she's gonna be greeting me. And and it was, I had this crazy ideal. Um, oh, and when we make love, it's gonna be fireworks and it's gonna be the bomb. And I had. I, I had worked, I had designed and planned and mapped the whole thing out in my head. Yeah. And the thing with me is, again, as a creative, I live in my head a lot. I do a lot of structuring and imagining and drawing things up. And I play them till they are almost reality. But yeah. when we got, you know, we even had to deal with people thinking we were having a shotgun wedding because they thought she was already pregnant. Mm -hmm. Because we were so young. But because I believed so much, I knew that she was my life partner. So Mm -hmm. I didn't see the point in waiting. So we got, you know, and we'd been together six years anyway. But we we got married and then the reality of marriage hit. And in the first year, I was looking at her like, I don't know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) And she was looking at me the same. Mm -hmm. And we had a... By the end of the first year of marriage, we had a choice to make. Do we we live and hide under this fake Christian, oh, um, oh, how are you guys? Oh, we're blessed. Do we do that? Mm -hmm. Or do we sit down and say to each other, we need to figure out, How we're going to make this thing work Because I know you love me I love you But we're not getting along And we're not figuring this thing out There is is so much going on How do we make this work Mm -hmm. So at that point We made the decision Buy as many books as we could To understand how each other think The biggest thing was learning How to communicate and she had to teach me how to speak about things. And men, this is something that we need to understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Open your mouths and speak. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let those let those words be free. Mm-hmm. There will be there will be tears, there will be pain. But what is spoken is better than what is left unspoken. Yeah. And you need to speak. You need to learn to communicate. You need to learn to communicate effectively. You need to learn to fight fairly. Because, again, when we first started to learn to communicate, I just used to say whatever. You know, it was always about one-upmanship. Oh, she said this to hurt my feelings. Well, I'm going to hurt her feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say something that's really going to hurt her feelings. Mm -hmm. And, you know... That is not how you disagree. That is not how you resolve a disagreement. You res- if, if, if it's truly a relationship of love, then your resolution should not be about saying something to be hurtful. It's saying something to be productive and to move the conversation in the direction of reaching an amicable resolution.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There is learning how to compromise there are so many things that you are not t- taught. Um, the only thing that people focus on in the church when when young people want to get married is, oh, amen, good brother, that's, 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 you're making the right choice. You know, it says that it's better for man to be married than to burn with lust. Mm-hmm. Correct. That is true. But a man is, is also required to be mature when it comes to marriage because you are taking you were assuming a position of responsibility and leadership in a home mm-hmm. you have to be the bible says the uh, husbands love your wives as christ loved the church now mm-hmm. if if we look at how we as the church act in relation to christ we act crazy in the uk we say we have a term where we say you're moving mad mm-hmm. as the church moves mad on a regular basis <laughs> mm-hmm. so you've got to look at that so if, if Christ has love, love Christ husbands love your wives the same the way that Christ loves the church, Christ loves the church irrespective of how mad the church moves so husbands, be prepared to love your wife even when she is moving mad, even when she is doing something completely crazy you are called to love that woman and in you loving that woman the way that and extending that same grace that christ extends to the church to your wife it shall be it shall be reciprocated because she will learn from you she will learn to love you how you love her Mm -hmm. but the onus is on you as the head of the household to demonstrate that first and a lot of men are not emotionally mature enough to do that Mm -hmm. And we have to learn to do that. And that's not because they don't want to. That's because we have this stupid ideal in society that men do not show emotion, that men must be strong at all times, that that crying is a sign of weakness, whereas crying is a sign of strength because you need to be in touch and in control of your emotions to be able to cry and show vulnerability. Vulnerability Mm -hmm. is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. So there are so many misconceptions that we teach men um, as society that lead them into these destructive, um, destructive patterns in relationships. Right. right. And Man, I've got so much to say about that topic. <laughs> like I was, I was gonna say I was
1: gonna say Nick, you need to hold some of that for another. You need to, this this a whole other you were going into now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that that is definitely mine and my wife's passion. That is something yeah. that we are we can't wait to put it out there and to start sharing on that. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a lot of pieces on the daily perspective about men and how you know men you are a work in progress for throughout the rest of your lives you will be a work in progress in marriage you are a work in progress there is nothing wrong with being a work in pro progress but Mm -hmm. acknowledge acknowledge your weaknesses and turn your weaknesses into strengths do not hide your weakness show your weakness so mm-hmm. that your weakness can become a strength. There are people that are out there that will help you. Your wife will help you. Your brothers, your sisters, whoever it is, if they mm-hmm. truly love and care for you, they will help you and help you nurture yourself into being a better person. So mm-hmm. we will we will park that right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good for them. <laughs> <laughs> and we will we will come back to this. So um so we talked about how, how dangerous our perception of um, how, how dangerous our interpretation of that scripture is. The, the, you know, the way we've interpreted it is we, we should live separate from the rest of the world because the world is moving mad. We do not want to be in that state of mind and we do not want to do what they do so we will hey we will take ourselves as a community and we will park ourselves over here and we will show you how great we are from over here and we will show you videos of our worship services and how really connected we are with god but we will never invite you in well we will never truly invite you in because you guys a moving matter over there and we can't be part of that whereas when you saw christ christ was with the people with the outcasts of society at the time he wasn't doing what they did he wasn't he he wasn't characterized by the same behavior but he was not separate from them he was in and amongst them and i love the way that you've put it About, um, there was something you said earlier, which I, I've always also believed that, you know, when Christ was on this earth, Mm -hmm. Christ did not have a home to call his own, right? He did not have worldly or material possessions. Let me use that phrase, but in the church. And under the prosperity gospel, and not just under the prosperity gospel, you might find there are other other people that may say that they don't preach the prosperity gospel. But we live in a we live in a capitalist society that has infiltrated the church. The modern church is not truly the church of the Book of Acts or the Book of Hebrews that we know. Um, the church that we know today is a corporate entity that is driven by capitalistic models. So, how the people that we are listening to, that are telling us A, B, C, D and do this, are driven by a system that is all about material gain and all of this stuff. They are telling us to do these things and we live separate from these people. We are not really engaging. We are focused on, um, we're saying that our material possessions are a sign of God blessing us. And that is showing the favor of God on your life because you are blessed. Mm -hmm. You know, you you are blessed because you have these material possessions. Whereas none of those things are listed as the gifts of the Spirit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not once in the New Testament, not once in the book of Acts, not once in Hebrews, Colossians, Galatians or anywhere does it talk about material possessions going up exponentially as you gain favor with Christ. No, when you gain favor with Christ, your love for others goes up, your empathy towards others goes goes up. Your willingness to sacrifice yourself for others goes up. Your willingness to do more for others goes up exponentially. Your desire for material possessions and selfish gain goes down. So it's completely contrary to what we're hearing. So we've created a micro-community that separates itself from the people that it's we're supposed to be ministering to we talk about not being part of a worldly system yet that micro community that we've created is founded on the same capitalist structure and the same principles that drive the world but we, it's become more dangerous because it's just this pocket that's a bit cultish because we don't engage with people outside of that community Actually, we put ourselves in a position where we are disillusioned and we have bought the lies that, of the world that have been sprinkled with a bit of truth and we're soaking it up on a daily basis and we are making it and we are building doctrines. The most dangerous things that we as Christians do is that we don't even read the word ourselves. We take the word of the pastor that speaks on Sunday and we, we accept it as canonical scripture. Whereas you are called to question what you are hearing and to confirm it in the scripture yourself, read it. It is a relationship between you and Christ. Hear from Christ yourself. If something does not sound right, that is the Holy Spirit in you, Mm -hmm. nudging you and giving you discernment that, hey, that is not the truth. That is a lie sprinkled with a bit of truth. Mm -hmm. Read my word to truly understand what what I say about that. So for me, that is the biggest danger that we've created you know that is how the danger we've created in the way that we've interpreted that scripture of being in the world and not of it
1: Mm -hmm. yeah when, when you were talking the question that that came to my mind is that like is god good only when he gives us what we want and a lot of times people think that god can only be good when he's giving us something and mm. one, one way one way i put it is we use god like an atm and yep. we're always trying to put the code in like okay god like i need to get a withdrawal right quick like i need a little money i need you pay my car note i need this i need that and let me put put these codes in and let me get my withdrawal like, I, i'll see you next week or you know, yeah. I'll a couple times. And, and that's how we do um but it made me think about a couple of years ago, I got a chance to go to Jamaica. And I got a chance to go to church there. And it was the best experience uh, of my life because it reminded me so much of church when I was growing up and that real spirit led mm. kind of service. But, like, to put it in context, so. And like I so I'm I'm in America. So, you know, we have church and we have air conditioning and we have all this type of stuff. When I went to church in Jamaica, you know, because it is they do have a nice breeze or whatever, they didn't have any air conditioning. They just had the windows open and the wind and the breeze was coming through the church. Yeah. Uh but they had a lot of what we had, like they had praise dances, they had, you know, the choir, they had the musicians and all that kind of stuff. But the thing that struck me was like the testimony service. So they had that, and I was like, "Man, this is feel like old church." Like I remember this when I was little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like what they got up and talked about, like what they were thankful for. Is like, Lord, I'm just thankful you waking me up, or you know, I was feeling sick, and but I wasn't gonna not come to church or whatever like that. And I just thank you for allowing me to come. You know, just, and I was like. It's so sincere and real. But like oh. when the last time, like I've been in church and people really had that level of like conviction and passion toward their relationship yeah. with God, and it wasn't for like, oh Lord, you just gave me this new job. Oh Lord, I got my new car. Oh Lord, you blessed me with a new house. It was like the real basic, necessity thing. Like I just yeah. thank you for just let me cut. Like and then some people, you know. They had to walk to church or, you know, they roll with other people. And you just look at all the stuff that, you know, we have and what we have available to us and how we don't appreciate it. And for what they did have, they appreciated what they had. And it just stuck out to me. And I was like, man, I I wish I felt like that all the time. Or I, I was in environments where I felt like, man, these you know people really got a real relationship with god it wasn't like a a show thing or who got what and who dressed up and whatever else what program it was just like i'm committed to god and i appreciate him for what he does for me uh, yeah even if it's not the big thing even if i don't have what i what i feel like i i truly need or if i'm still poor if i still got you know you know, I might not have a house to go to or whatever like that, but just because things are not good in my life doesn't mean that God is still He's, he's still yeah. good even in those bad situations.
0: The and, absence uh, of material possessions is not the absence of Christ, right? And it's right, not right, the right. absence of favor. And I right. think that that is a message that the church needs today. That. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have come to believe that the absence of, of worldly success of that capitalist ideal of success is, a, is the absence of God's favor. But I put it to you today that the, the, the proof in the pudding of God's favor on your life is mm-hmm. the fact that you woke up this morning mm-hmm. because the Bible does not promise you a tomorrow. Right. The Bible actually says, what good is this storing up, um, building those storehouses and filling those storehouses to the brim when tomorrow is not promised? There is a parable that talks about the man that build the, built all the storehouses and didn't know he was going to perish the next day. So the, um, you are not promised to tomorrow. The, the, the fact that you have breath in your lungs is the presence of God's favor. The fact that you are healthy is the presence of God's favor. The fact that you were not killed by a freak accident or a car jumping the curb or any of those things is the presence of God's favor on your life. The fact that you can actually go to work and earn a living is the presence of God's favor in, in mm. your life We need to bring it back to the simple things If we recall the first church The first church was instructed to take everything that they had And say it so that everyone in the church could have That's not what we do today
1: mm-hmm.
0: In the church today we still have this We have the same structure as the world we have a hierarchical system where there are the haves and the have nots. And the haves get to sit closer to the front with the pastors and the have nots are way up in the you know, way at the back of the in the, ba- in the balcony. Yeah, they and they're in the balcony and in the they're in the overflow room.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, that is a societal societal structure that we've taken from the world and brought in, but we talk about not being of the world, but we have taken the characteristics of the world and we have brought them in and and there's a um so there's a scripture that I'm gonna just quickly read uh let me see we are gonna go with uh, Give me a second. Colossians three. So this is uh, this is Colossians three, one to seventeen, and um, it says, "Since you have been raised in new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand." think about the things of heaven not the things of earth think about mm-hmm. your home and not this world mm-hmm. um for you die to this life and your real life is hidden with christ in god and when christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world you will share in all his glory so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you, the things of this world, that is, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Do not be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is on the, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, um, slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric uncivilized slave or free christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us he has made his home in you so since god chose you to be a holy people he loves you you to be the holy people he loves sorry you must clothe yourselves with Tender, tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience make allowance for others' faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule your heart, rule your hearts. Uh, for as members. Of one body you are called to live in peace. Always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So when I read that, It clearly gives us an indication of the difference when it says, do not be of this world. Mm -hmm. It is talking about the character Mm -hmm. of this world. It is talking about sexual immorality, lustful behavior, greedy behavior, the things that we have characterized as the hallmarks of living separate from Christ. But when you become a Christian, that nature should be replaced with one of love, kindness, mercy and compassion towards each other. Those are the characteristics that should grow and you should be doing it not for your own self-gratitude and for your own reward, but to show glory to God because you truly care for those who are around you. That is what it means to be in this world and not of it. Look at the people around you and treat them as Christ treated you. Carry out and live with the characteristics of Christ, not with your old characteristics that only cared about your desires and the things that benefit you. So for me, we have, as a Christian community, we've missed the mark of this state of this scripture already. We, because we do not do this. Mm-hmm. And I know there are going to be church folk that listen to this and they're going to be mad at me. How dare he say that? I'm saying it because I, I have experienced this. Not in one church, not in two churches, not three churches, multiple churches I have experienced this behavior. I have seen people cast out. I have seen people treated with contempt because they do not have. I have seen people segregated from the rest because they are from uh, low brow families. Because, again, being of African descent, that is something that is, you know, family is. Oh, who is your dad and who is, who, Mm -hmm. who, who, what tribe are you from? There are those, those hierarchical things exist, but those things have no place in the body of Christ. We are supposed to leave those old structures and those old hierarchies outside of the body of Christ, because in the body of Christ, no man is greater than anyone. And, you know, when you look at the body, Yes, my finger may be smaller than my arm, but without my fingers, my arm is practically useless. Because yeah. it can reach out and, and and touch stuff, but without my fingers and my hand, it can't grip or hold on to anything. So it's great having a big powerful arm or whatever, but if I don't have the small powerful the small fingers and the hands i cannot do much with the with the big powerful arms there is no part of the body that is more important than the other every part has its own function and part to play every part requires um you know it's like you could have um the the you could be the most brilliant person in the world but if your body does not function what what are you doing with that brilliant mind you are you are kind of limited as to how much you can do with that brilliant mind so we need to take that lesson and remember that none of us are greater than um we are a sum of our component parts there is no part that is greater than the other we need to lead the, the the structures and the ways of the world that we are supposed to be separate from outside of the body of christ rather than doing what we've done and we've created our own micro community based on the same worldly hierarchies <laughs>
1: yeah we said a lot <laughs> we, we said a lot but it's been, like I said, it's been it's been a great it's been a great like conversation has been a lot of good points a lot of stuff that I wrote down that I know that I'll take from this and kind of try and apply it but I think there's a lot of people that need to hear this uh, because it's you don't always have the entry point for these conversations especially if it's people that's, that's interested in getting involved and not in church but like their relationship with God, or having more of a realistic perspective of what a real life Christian's life is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I think I think it's, it's just good to have these conversations because people feel that, oh, I can relate to that instead of like, oh, I'm so far away from that. It's like, yeah. oh, I can relate to that. And I think that's a good thing for people to have is having points that they can have a point of reference for, but also something to think about as far as like, okay, well, what are some next steps I can take with some of these things? So I, say, I think I said I'm glad I, be the, you know, I was able to be a yeah. part
0: of it. I, I, you, 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 you just said something that really made me think about, um, an important point, um, as we said, this podcast is supposed to expose Christian life from the perspective of true, truly flawed individuals who mm-hmm. are striving to live and become as Christ desires them to be. Mm-hmm. And when you read um, Romans 5... Uh, where it talks about grace, Romans five, Romans six, and it talks about um, about uh, the power of sin. Mm-hmm. It says that once you become aware of the law, it's the law that uh, it's not that sin was not there, mm-hmm. but the law gave, gave sin its power. So the more you try to live. In accordance to the law, the more you sinned, because the more you understood the law, the more you became aware of your sin. And the more you So it was kind of like a never ending cycle. You mm-hmm. learn more, so you realize you were sinning more. So every action that you where where you thought the more I learn about the law, the more I, the, the better I am to protect myself, you actually exposed yourself more and became more aware of the of your sin, therefore giving your sin more power. Um, but that is the whole point of grace. And you know, for new for people that are looking at Christian life and who are looking at Christian individuals and who are looking and saying, "Man, I can never be that. I can never okay. live like that. I can listen." What I want you to believe, what I want you to understand is that a Christian life is not absent of sin. Mm -hmm. It will never be absent of sin. Um, But a true Christian life has an appreciation of what Christ did on the cross, which was extend grace to cover all sin. So when you fall short, you do not have to worry about condemnation because you are under the covering of grace. That's not to say to go out and live a life that is sinful. It is to say that, hey, you are going to mess up. You are going to drop the ball sometimes. But that instance of you dropping the ball, no matter how many times you do it in the day, that instance of dropping the ball is not what separates you from God. You separate yourself from God when you choose to no longer try to live a Christian life. When you choose to walk away, when you choose to turn and go in the in the other direction, God's grace is sufficient to cover you in every situation and that in every circumstance there is no grade there is no gradient to sin there is no sin that is greater than another sin is sin murder counts the same as lying in the eyes of god sin is sin so there is not nothing too big that god's grace cannot cover and do not fall for the lies that people tell you about having to be perfect before you come to God. Come to God as you are because he wants you as you are. He has a purpose for you as you are. He has a life that he has mapped out, a brilliant, perfect, love-filled, fun-filled, joy-filled life that he has mapped out for you, starting with you as you are today. So... I got that off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man, Terrence we we have talked, I, and this is how it is whenever we. Yeah. It, I know we're recording it this time, but this is how it is whenever we talk. Yeah. We talk. We talk about so many things. Uh, yeah. And, you know, personally, I have to say thank you to you because, as I said, without speaking to you over the course of the last year, I would not have taken the plunge to actually chase my purpose. Mm. So instead of running f- from my purpose, um, the encouragement that you've given me mm. as, you know, by allowing me to be part of your journey in developing mm. iProgress, progress. Mm-hmm. You know, giving me the tools that I needed to take the bold step of starting to run towards my p- purpose rather than running away from it. Um, yeah. You know, this, pod- this podcast, The Daily Perspective was created three years ago or maybe mm-hmm. longer. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me three years to do something that, um, you know, I've come out of my shell and done something that I was so afraid to do. And yeah. it's it sounds very strange because mm-hmm. I've been an entertainer, I've been on stages in front of thousands of people rapping mm-hmm. and, and not really afraid of anything. Yeah. But to put myself out there in a podcast and to actually speak and and to share my truth mm-hmm. was a very scary and um daunting experience for me. Uh, it, was, yeah. it was a daunting task. So, you know, for me, there's a massive thank you to you because just the encouragement over the last year has helped me to get to this point. And for anyone that's listening, I'm going to let Terrence do rap, rap. Oh. <laughs> that, that <button. laughs> um, but for anyone that's listening and is struggling with getting to grips with their purpose or living... In a state where you know you are not doing what you were created to do i encourage you to reach out to terence and his organization and start a journey to help you unlock your true potential and, and Terrence, give them give them the give them the details of where they can find you and, and, and all that good stuff <laughs> okay yeah i'll I do that yeah
1: uh yeah again david I, I appreciate the opportunity uh like i said um like we we connected through uh like a networking app pretty much yep and uh, like it was just so many similarities from that first conversation i was like man he grew up like i grew up and he grew up like in the uk and like, I like my church like i grew up here but uh you know, over time, like I, it's evolved, and it's just been so many good conversations we've had over the over the past year about like different things with life and purpose and all that. And so, like he was saying, pretty much, that's what I feel like I'm called to do in this phase of my life, especially my career. uh is to really get people connected to their purpose. I really feel passionate about that because I feel that the issues of the world are because people not working in that purpose. And because they're not connected, you know, we have things going on in the world. So it's not that the world is bad, it's that people are not connected to what they really supposed to do. Because God equipped us with things to solve issues that's going on around us. But if we're not aligned to that, then we can't do it. And so, um, so yeah, so our progress is uh, a personal development, uh, company, and so uh, I got a tagline. She got new tagline, so I got the
0: text. We are
1: few, purpose, invigorate minds, and they might change. So that's what we really want to do with people. Uh, because I feel like if you don't have a purpose, and it's hard for you to navigate life, if you like, we we're talking about before, you have to have a renewed mind, you have to invigorate mind towards what you want to do. And then you have to have something to ignite you to kind of give you that fire, that spark, you to do what you want to do. And so that's what we try and do for people. Uh, if you are interested in connecting with us, we are on Facebook. You can you can find us at iProgressTC. Progress T C, and we do Facebook lives every Monday and Thursday at twelve noon Essential Standard Time. I know the difference <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: so uh, you can catch the replay if you can't catch it live uh, and we also have a take take the journey group and that's a group where we do a live directly into our group on thursday uh and it's more like we call it life's classroom but we talk about life issues and we really break them down uh, and we try and keep it real interactive real kind of uh Kinda like just being at the house, talking to your friends, I really keep it really accessible for people. Uh, but we also will start having online workshops and trainings that we're getting off the ground now. So those should be available sometime soon. Uh, and just like what David was saying, my business partner, he, had, he focuses more on relationships. And so we will be doing some more workshops on healthy relationships. And my business partner will be doing that. So, uh, so yeah, so Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, if you're interested, just send me an email, you can send it to info at iprogresscc.com, and I think that's all of what we got right now. But yeah, if you get connected to us on Facebook, you'll see all the rest of the stuff we got going on, or you can go to our website, www.iprogresscc.com, so yeah. Awesome, awesome,
0: awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you can you can get connected with the Daily Perspective at uh, www uh, the uk. So that's www.dailyperspective.co.uk. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at dydaily. You can catch me on Instagram at dydaily. Um, and I'm also also newly back on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I, I'm still getting to grips with that. <laughs> After two years of being away from Facebook, it's. Yeah. Um, it, I, I'm back on there. Um, don't send me no crazy requests because I won't accept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, get connected. Definitely visit the page, read the blogs. There are some interesting things that I've written. I've written about the gospel of grace. I am a big believer and um, I push the gospel of grace. I think grace is what is missing in this world. Grace has the power to transform your life, your relationships, your outlook. So I truly believe that once we start to understand God's grace in our lives, we start to understand our um, our our reason for being and our relationship with Christ. So, definitely check out um, the blog post about the Gospel of Grace, um, and yeah, tune into the next episode. Um, we will be <laughs> dropping episodes on a weekly basis so um, I'm super excited about that keep keep close to me on Instagram um, that's where, we're, where I will probably do a lot of sharing um, about when the new podcasts are dropping hopefully you are either tuning into us on um, well whatever platform you want to, Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts or Google's Podcasts whatever it is but we are trying to be available wherever you need to reach us. So, uh, thank you for tuning into this episode of The Daily Perspective. I am your host, Mister Daily. I want to thank my guest uh, and co-host, <laughs> <laughs> and you will definitely, definitely, definitely be hearing it from uh, Dr. Johnson. <laughs> 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 again in the future um, yeah all right so god bless everyone and uh be safe